Field and Company NFL insider, Miles Simmons from Pro Football Talk, joins us now. You know, I've been around sports gambling a long time. And I'm still trying to learn, especially with what's going on with sportsbooks now with these parlays that they're offering on their sites and same game parlays. And I was just telling John during the break, I was looking at one book that had uh, a four teamer on the Kansas game tonight. I'm like, wait a second. How is a four teamer plus 425 when a three teamer traditionally has been six to one? Like, what the hell's going on here? Very simply put. These books are not going to put stuff out that's going to put them in a bad position. I understand, but that price seems way off to me. But you throw it Two up. Two player props, a, a, a side and a team over, and I'm getting a four-teamer at plus 425. That's weird. And you throw, you throw it up. You see it, you put boost next to it, yeah. make people think that they're getting a deal, and boom, they buy in. You know what's funny? Even better, the note on the bottom is 105 people have bet this. Mm-hmm. Ooh, 105? Okay, then I'm in. If other people are betting it, I'm going to do you it. You got it. It's so weird. Miles Simmons is with us. Miles, how you doing, buddy? Hello? Can you hear me now? Yeah, we got you, Miles. What's going on, buddy? Okay, there we go. I couldn't hear a thing. I was like, oh, man, what's going on here? Uh, I'm good, guys. New, how are you? Yeah, we're working in a new studio, so uh, we'll get through some uh, some tech issues. You know, the uh, way sports betting is going, uh, Miles Simmons is going to have a, a sponsored FanDuel uh, same-game parlay, I'm sure, coming up. Ooh, interesting. Wow, that's nice. Miles, would you do that? Would you... If they came to you and they're like, hey, Miles, we want you to be a spokesperson for this sports book, but um, someone not with the sports book told you, like, you're going to be pitching some stuff that's not really fair to the players. Would you just do it? Like, screw it. It's money. Uh, how much am I going to get paid? <laughs> I mean, okay, so there is a line. There is a line for you. There's always a line. There's a line yeah. for everybody, is there not? What about you, John? <laughs> Come on. You would do it? I get paid by two different sports books already. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah, I would do it. <laughs> there we I would go. Do it. Yeah, it's up to the. Uh, Sadly, it's up to the consumer to kind of judge things. I try not to embellish too much in terms of pitching it, but that's what they want. I am just kidding, but I will say this. So, like, I do NBA, the NBA bet streams on the side every once in a while, so it's part of the league pass, and it's NBA-affiliated. One of the things, because they have a deal with DraftKings, one of the things they want to do is push those same-game parlays. Personally, is it something that I would bet into? No. But do I help put together a same-game parlay with at least my best intentions of, okay, let's correlate with the other two guys to make sure that maybe there's a higher probability of this thing going through? Yes, I do. Okay. I am moral. Miles, we're all over the place. So I'm going to focus on – go ahead. Keep, keep going. I know. I just – I was going to say, I think that's fair. I, you know, I, what JVT was saying right there, I, you know, as long as you are going at it with good intentions, who can say no? There you go. So yesterday, Miles, we had some uh, incorrect information come in on one Tom Brady because we, we all love Tom Brady. We want to know what he's doing. Uh, now that he's away from football, I think, which we'll get to that angle as well. Um, did you see the story yesterday that Tom Brady may try a stand-up career? It was corrected today to, well, that he may be part of a roast on Netflix. Oh. Um, as Adam, as I'm um, sorry, John called Adam Hill, who got really mad yesterday. He called Adam Hill a comedy sommelier. Uh, that he's he's very he's 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 very snobby when it comes to his comedy. Would you be mad if Tom Brady tried a stand-up career? I, I don't think he'd be very good at it. I mean, I would want to see it so I could laugh at him, not with him. I mean, like, Brady's not that funny. You know, he's not Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning is kind of funny. You know, or Mike McDaniel, for instance. Mike McDaniel is very funny. He was on uh, PFT Live today, and I was standing there as he was on the show. And, I mean, he was legitimately funny. And not just kind of like the press conference funny that many coaches are. 
where people just kind of laugh to be polite. Like he was, Mike McDaniel was getting some real good laughs, and he understands how to use that power so that he doesn't really have to answer questions that he doesn't want to answer. So that I think makes Mike McDaniel kind of good at it. That is smart. Uh, Brady and his future. Uh, I saw a report because I read the UK Sun every day. The Sun. I saw a report in there uh, that was claiming another report was saying that Brady put off his TV career to get his marriage back together with Giselle. I haven't seen anyone say that, uh, which I find very interesting. And then your guy Florio last week was talking about Brady coming out of retirement with the Niners. Where is this coming from? Well, I think it's mostly just this kind of gut hunch that Mike has, and part of it is that. Tom Brady did not do this kind of contractual thing with uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that would have basically made the Buccaneers be able to keep his rights as a retired player for at least this year. And that would have basically helped the Buccaneers with the cap issues that they are going to kind of face this year because of the way that they structured Brady's contract. So because he didn't do that, Brady does become a free agent, you know, at the start of the new league year next month. And so he will be free to sign with any team if he so chooses, right? I mean, the, the whole thing about him sending a retirement letter, like, that doesn't really mean much of anything. You can unretire whenever you want. So because uh, the 49ers have this quarterback situation that they do where Brock Purdy probably not going to be healthy until midway through training camp, maybe. I mean, maybe not until the start of the regular season, um, given the issues that he's having with the elbow. They saw him not been able to do that surgery yet. And then because Trey Lance is so unproven, and yeah, it, it wouldn't entirely shock me if Tom Brady came out of retirement to play for the 49ers. Now, again, that's not something that Florio is reporting at this right. point. It's just a scenario that could come up because Tom Brady is going to be technically a free agent and free to sign with anybody. Yeah, I think the Niners situation is weird because they do have a window with all these other great players, and they seem to be real comfy with, well, our team's great around them. All we need is an average quarterback. Why not go for it? What, like we're gonna, If we look back 10 years from now, we're like, wait, that Niner team never won a Super Bowl because they never went and got the quarterback? Isn't that going to be a stain on the legacy of Little Shanny and John Lynch? But how do we know that they don't have the quarterback? And this is what I come back to, and maybe I'm defending Trey Lance way too much, but we don't know what Trey Lance would have become. I mean, we saw him in a monsoon in Chicago, which is a game that they lost this year, and then for what was a little bit of play against the Seattle Seahawks, and then he suffered the broken ankle, and that's it. You know, I mean, there is a chance that he could have reached that kind of high ceiling that everybody seems to think that he might have, which is why he was drafted at three overall last year. Right? I mean, this is not something that kind of came out of – this is not something that happened for no reason. So I'm still really interested in seeing what Trey Lance can actually do and whether or not we see it this year, I guess, hinges on whether or not the 49ers get another quarterback that they trust more than him. But they were handing the keys over to Trey Lance for a reason. They, they saw something in him. And I'm curious to see if we can see Shanahan actually try to get him to his ceiling. I'm looking at quarterback because I'm, I'm tr- what I'm trying to measure here is the quarterbacks that are available potentially right now between, you know, taking on $50 million plus with Aaron Rodgers and maybe coaxing Brady out of retirement. Like who could be available? Like if the land, if the Trey Lance question is answered this next year and it's a freaking disaster and the next year you're like, okay, now it's time to go get a guy. 
I wonder who would be available. Maybe Lamar Jackson if they don't get a long-term deal and then there's more unhappiness. I just think this is a unique opportunity. Tua yeah. Tungavailoa? I think Tua potentially, which I thought was interesting today. I don't like are we really going to press the Dolphins over and over and over again about the fifth-year option thing like way before when they yeah. have to make the decision? I guess well, I guess I mean, we're looking I guess yeah. we're looking for stories. I'm not I agree with their management. I'm not making a decision right now. I'll make it when I want to make it. Well, they don't have to. I mean, that, that deadline's not until May. There's other business that needs to be taken care of first. And I, I think as they go through it and you see what quarterbacks are available and what if potentially Lamar Jackson is available, right? And you try to negotiate with him and you know that he might be interested in you because that's the place where he grew up and, you know, maybe he wants to come back to Florida and not pay state income taxes, things like that. I mean, those are possibilities that, if I'm the Miami Dolphins, I'm leaving myself open to exploring that. You know, and then whatever happens with Tua Tungavailoa happens with Tua Tungavailoa. And part of the issue with Tungavailoa is that you just don't know if he's going to be healthy or not. And I think that's more the issue than what performance is with him for now. I mean, look, he had a very, very high passer rating. And, you know, aside from a couple of games, he played very, very well. And that last game we saw him, he was probably concussed during the second half of that game, at least based on the fact that, he came in and had a concussion the next day. So I, I, I don't know, man. It's, it's one of those things where I can understand why the Dolphins would go either way with picking up the fifth-year option or not picking up the fifth-year option. If it were me, I probably would do it. And, you know, if it doesn't work out this year, then so be it. But I, I really think that if it doesn't work out, it's going to be because of health and not just performance. Would you do it? Having it yeah, in mind that, hey, no, no, would you do it? Uh, also, for the the side story, like you mentioned at the beginning of your answer, um, I hadn't thought of it. But what I mean, what is the possibility that the organizations could swap quarterbacks? Hey, you want to pay a fully guaranteed two fifty? Go ahead, Miami. We'll take Tua and whatever else we need in return. Uh, if you're Baltimore, I mean, I, yeah, I would do that. Yeah. If you if you give me two ones and two a tongue of Iowa for Lamar Jackson, yeah, I would do that. Do I have to give you two ones? Hmm. <laughs> you have to give me at least a one. Okay. And probably, a, oh, give me a one, a two twos, and two threes, which All right. could add up to more than two ones. Whatever. All right, Miles. Done deal. Fax it over. That's the way trades work right there, folks. You, you, you come to yeah, an agreement, it's done. It's done. That easy. Yep. That easy. Not really. No. Um, have you seen, I know you have, and I'm sure you guys have talked about mock drafts. Uh, one of the local jabronis here actually has Anthony Richardson, AR-15, going to the Raiders at number seven. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, is that JVT over there? Well, it's, um, I'm laughing it's, at Adam Hill. Adam Hill was the jabroni who wrote the mock draft. Oh, really? Oh, interesting. Yeah, I, I've not seen that. i got to be honest with you. I try to avoid mock drafts like the plague until basically like a week or two before the draft. And maybe I shouldn't do that because it helps me in some way, you know, what the prospects are, but I just, I find, I don't like the draft. I find it so uninteresting. <laughs> just tell me where the players are going to go. And then that's it. And especially because the season is longer now. It, and I cover things all the way through the Super Bowl, which I did not really um, for most of my career until the last two years. It just makes it so that I'm so focused on what's actually going on on the field. I don't really pay that much attention to college football until like now when I'm in Indianapolis, and, you know, the combine is going on. And even then, it's like, I don't care. I, I'll figure out where these guys are and who they are once they're with their team and once I know, like, where they may fit and how they may fit. So, 
I mean, I don't think Anthony Richardson is probably going to be drafted that high based on what I've learned about him over the course of the last few days um, and what people think about him. And, you know, I just look at the numbers and I see a 50, uh, less than 55% completion rate. That's a red flag to me to draft somebody in the top 10. And just the lack of starts is another thing. And, you know, it's kind of the same issue you get with Trey Lance. So, I mean, does he have a high ceiling? Sure. And if you draft him and then you have a bridge guy like a Jarrett Stidham, for instance, then you might be all right. But I don't know. If that's what Adam thinks. Okay. Uh, well, Miles, Miles, so here's the, here's the general then. I'll ask you this in a general sense then because, like, I just feel like a, a team like the Raiders using a seventh overall pick on a guy like Anthony Richardson or any team in that general sense, like on a project, right, a guy that, like you said, could have a high ceiling, but you need to put some work in, and a seventh, a top ten pick, that's a that's a really high pick for a th- something that might not pay off for you for, you know, a couple of years down the road, in a general draft sense, are we seeing teams do that more? We saw the 49ers do it with Trey Lance. Is that something NFL teams are more open to now? I think especially at the quarterback position, you're more open to it because you get that fifth-year option if you draft a guy in the first round, right? And so if you're not trading that pick to do it, you're trading up to get that pick, you know what I'm saying? Then Mm -hmm. you're using that in a productive way, I feel like. I mean, it's like what the Packers did with Jordan Love. And, you know, I know that they did trade up, you know, that to get um, that pick and to draft him, but that's, you know, lower compensation when you're talking about the end of the first round than it would be, you know, trading up to number three overall, right? So I, I, I understand it on a quarterback. I understand it less if it's a position like edge rusher or left tackle where you need somebody to come in and make an impact right away. And that's where you're drafting them that high because you think that they can. I mean, Josh Allen was kind of a project too, you know? He didn't really turn into somebody who is, uh, let's go, yeah, he's an elite quarterback, you know, now, but he didn't look like he was going to be the first couple of years. And part of it, I guess, is that he played and part of it is that the coaching was good um, with the Buffalo Bills and Brian Dayball and those guys. So, I mean, I understand it if you're going to do it on a quarterback, but I don't understand it as much if you're going to do it on, like, a guard or, you know, a safety. That would be ridiculous. Miles Simmons, Pro Football Talk, is with us. Of course, you can see a lot of the content from PFT on Peacock. I saw that you guys had a story on the XFL and the ratings and dropping 50%. John, I wanted you to throw to uh, Miles here uh, the things you do like about the XFL so far that you like the NFL Oh, to adopt miles the first the first one they have to do the onside fourth and 15 do they not like tweak the yardage if you want because your skill is you know a little bit better but that is a, such such a more entertaining way to for teams to go for an onside kick or get a possession back as opposed to a very low probability onside kick I, I, I would agree with that I mean based on the concept I'll also be honest with you I have watched absolutely no XFL um, and apparently I am like many 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 other people uh, because the ratings dropped 50 percent and they were already bad from week one to week two uh, so yeah but I mean like fourth and 15 just as a concept for instead of an onside kick I, I, I kind of like it maybe fourth and 20. Right, so yeah, because your your skill level's better, so maybe you make it a little bit longer, so it's a little bit more of a challenge. Yeah. But I, I would agree yeah. with that. The other was like the third quarterback rule, allowing like a free roster spot for a third quarterback. We we like by the time we get to week six, sometimes we don't even know who's playing quarterback anymore for these teams. You you can't penalize these guys. Like, allow them to carry a third quarterback. I mean, they they used to be, do that in the NFL too. But here's where I counter it: if you're playing your third quarterback, you're bleeped anyway. So I like. 
What was it really going to make that much of a difference if the 49ers had whoever they had playing in that yes, NFC championship yes, game? Yes, yes. They have somebody to no, throw a forward yeah, pass. Yeah, versus running every play right. a little bit. Yeah, maybe a little bit. It, okay, yeah, a little bit. They would have been throwing five-yard hitches instead, and maybe Devo Samuel gets loose. I mean, that's the same thing that they were doing, but I'm sorry. You're playing your third quarterback. Unless your third quarterback is Bryce Purdy, you're bleeped. So Brock, I, they can bring yeah. it back, but I don't think it's as big of a deal as people are making it out to do. Last one, to go back to the Raiders and this whole decision between <laughs> you know spending a lot of money on Aaron Rodgers, getting a bridge quarterback, and drafting a young guy for the bridge to cover for. Carson Wentz is good enough to be a bridge still, right? I mean, like how? No. He's that bad? No. Yes. He's been that bad. Dude, he led the league in sacks in 2020. He had 50 sacks and was tied for the league lead in sacks. And he played four fewer games than everybody else. Like, no, this is, it's done. It's over. Maybe he's a decent backup because he's got experience. You know, and when you have somebody who has experience playing, it's better than somebody who is inexperienced and you need them to come in and whatnot. That's that's better. But no, he is not a potential bridge quarterback for anybody. Put that out of your mind. He's a Super Bowl winning quarterback and a man of God. I don't know what the problem is. No, he's not. He was on the roster on the Super Bowl, but he is not a Super Bowl winning quarterback by any stretch of the imagination. Miles, we appreciate your time. Very fired up today. I like that close. (laughs) That was excellent. You have a good day. We'll talk to you next week. All right, guys, take care. Miles Simmons, at Miles A. Simmons up on Twitter. Yeah, I saw some chatter the other day between, you know, two, like, Chiefs influencer media people, mm. and I guess some Chiefs fans were asking, like, hey, can can they get Carson Wentz as Mahomes' backup? And I'm like, it's that bad that he's a backup behind the best quarterback in the NFL? Like, he's going to work now for nothing? I mean, I, it seems that perception would be that way. Wow. I, I think, look, he hasn't is been j- great. J- Jacoby Brissett would be a better bridge option than Ooh. Carson Wentz. I think maybe. I think. The fact that you're thinking Oof. about it, right, is yeah. it, sees, it says where he's at. Oof. I would also like to say, Miles is guilty of this, as is many others. Let us not forget, Carson Wentz was going to win MVP that year before he got injured, the year they won the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. He was not along for the ride, as many others <laughs> have suggested. So I'm just going to throw that out there. Was the season an aberration? Potentially. But don't downplay what he did that year. College basketball is coming to Las Vegas in the form of uh, multiple conference tournaments. Friday, the semifinals goes down at the Pac-12 Women's Tournament. A great set of teams. Uh, if Stanford makes it to the semis, number one seed, that's going to be highly entertaining. Really good teams like Arizona in the conference as well. The women's tournament's going down tomorrow is through Saturday, and we've got tickets for the Friday semifinals. Pac-12 Women's Tournament, 364-1100. Caller number seven. It's at the MUA, Mick Ultra Arena. AXS.com is where you can get your tickets. But we've got semifinal tickets for the women's basketball tournament for the Pac-12. Ari's got them right now. Caller seven, 364-1100. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve Cofield and at me, JVT. Or tweet the show at Cofield and Co. Now, back to Cofield and Company at the Battleborn Broadcast Center on ESPN Las Vegas. Rolling on uh, towards the second half of the 5 o'clock hour. JBT is here. It's Cofield. Battleborn Broadcast Center is our spot. You can call from anywhere in the state of Nevada to Battleborn Injury Lawyers. 766-1400. Got offices in Henderson and Vegas and in mm. Reno, we got some breaking news. What's going on? Oh no, I'm just tra- I'm just tracking scores in the uh, the National Basketball Association. Your Lakers only down by one nearing halftime against the Grizzlies. So. so I don't think we ever answered the question 
because uh, we don't have a number yet. Uh, I was going to bet Danny Smythe. Um, yes, no on the playoffs because Danny Danny's my favorite. Um, I don't want to insult him. We'll say behind the scenes person. That's not a rip on like Ari or anyone else, right? Um, because he's a great addition to a show because he just blurts stuff out. Like the first thought that comes to his head from a sports standpoint, and I would say like eighty percent of the time, I'm like, nah, that's not right. You Danny. you uh, you have been privy to every conversation late at night with Danny when we're out and about. I love Vegas. him. Yeah. I think it's awesome. <laughs> so, and I'm not saying being Joe average fan is there's something wrong with it. Like, I think we all probably overanalyze and overthink things. And it's cool to just go, you know what? No LeBron, Lakers are screwed. Well, I don't believe that. So when Danny tweeted out yesterday with the foot injury, he's like, well, there go the playoff chances. And I'm like, I'll bet that. <laughs> then I started thinking about it. I'm like, all right, what's the number? What's the number now? The adjusted so, number on yes, no playoffs? Because I haven't seen it yet. I checked uh, last night and then I checked again today and they had like 10 teams up, but they didn't have the Lakers up. So check FanDuel slash Boyd will have it up. I mean, they're okay. playing right now, so maybe they right. won't have it now. I'll check. I would so yes. By the way, make the playoff bets. This is the other thing we wanted to clarify because Adam Hill was confused on this yesterday. Yes, no playoff bets. Yeah. Field of ten or field of eight. Field of eight. So if you're playing, you got to win the playing. Right. Yeah. That's what I figured it was. Mm -hmm. So it's always the top eight. So if you make it, I'm getting a plus number. Yeah. So like I should be getting a plus number on the Lakers without LeBron. Right. So no. So after the Mavericks, after the win over the Mavericks, the adjusted odds to make the playoffs for them were minus one ten, assuming no LeBron James for like three weeks, assuming it's back to like trade deadline ish number, which is like plus one ninety, maybe adjust for the schedule, so plus one seventy. All right, I want to see the real number. I'll, I'll bet look it. right now. I'll bet it. it'll give me something to root for. I think you're right, by the way. I'm so easy not... to suck in on these bets because last hour, Sam Paniotovic is on. He's ripping on one of the guys you work with about playing three-team giant favorite parlays down the stretch in the NBA. Um, mm -hmm. You know, when teams that are supposedly tanking, right, going for Webb and Yama, you just play against them. And I immediately priced it, and I was like, I'm in. Give me something to root for tonight. Mm -hmm. Not nah, Again, it's pizza money. Well, look, here. so for, for those things, first off, I've always been a very big proponent. Like, do you want to always put yourself as a better in the best position possible when it comes to these things? Yes. Do you also sometimes just want to have fun and, like, you know what I mean? Is it fun to bet against some bad teams and see, like, a, a higher probability of your bets coming in? Sure. You always want to make sure that you're getting the best numbers of some of these teams, whatever. But, like, I'm, the I'm not. Day, I know I know. Yeah. I was betting into a terrible number. Right. Like I, like I told you guys, it was a, a three-team money line parlay and I was, and it was minus 138 but i mean the teams are all they were minus 700 480 minus 400 and and, and by the way like because he was mentioning my colleague gil alexander over there gil's also brought this up on his show before too where that was a much better choice for you as a better when there was one team that got a 25 percent shot at the number one overall pick not so much anymore when i think it's what 14.5 percent now or something like that because it's spread out over three um so it, it has not been the exact same thing as it was before mm. I'm trying to uh, filibuster as I'm looking. That's yeah, right. they, don't, they don't have it up now because the schedule, because the games are playing played right Still now. Still have 30 minutes left on the show. You can look yeah. during a break. So one of the big topics today that uh, I really, I'm kind of done talking about, but I, I do think it is something we've got to solve. I don't have to solve it. The NBA has got to solve it, is tweaking for load management. Um, I don't think the motivation to have a conversation about load management is actually the, the correct motivation. I think it's a, the age-old argument. There are media people, and especially fans, who get mad when they hear someone's making $30, $40, 50000000 million, and they're not going to work. I have to go to work. Well, you know, this is not to insult anyone in the audience because I'm with you. We're all a dime a dozen. We're easily replaceable. So, yeah, guess what? For the most part, we don't have privilege. We got to go to work. 
when you're one of hundreds of people who can do something in the world, then you can take days off when maybe you shouldn't take days off. Mm -hmm. And the problem is we don't track, you know, movie stars, TV stars, CEOs, you know, abusing the work system when they make a lot of money. We just don't. But we we have the salaries front and center. So Charles Barkley's on Stephen A. Smith today, and he starts down this path of like load management bothers me. And then he, he did nail it saying, hey, when people are making 30, 40, 50 million dollars, the average person out there gets mad when that person doesn't show for work. But laced in there is Barkley's bitterness that he didn't get to make that money, which I find fascinating because Barkley's making a ton of money doing TV, which people in TV didn't make a ton of money years ago. But here was Barkley again going down this path of like someone who did not like it sounds like someone who did not play the game. No one is lucky. There are very few people out there who are lucky to be making tens of millions of dollars. They must have a, a very you know, needed skill set or they're in a small group. Here's Barkley talking about players. And I'm not mad. I'm not mad. You get what you deserve, whatever they pay you. I just hope you appreciate that. Yep. You know what? I'm the luckiest dude in the world. I was born at the right time. Mm -hmm. But. Man, it ha it has nothing to do with the money anymore. We're paying cool. everybody in the NBA. That's it. Okay. I don't understand this this rationale from people who played the game. If I said that to Charles Barkley in 1985, right, he'd probably throw me through a play class window, which he did with someone, or try to slap me if I said, "You're lucky. You're lucky to be able to do what you do." I that I when I hear people say that, like, there's nothing, there's no luck involved. I am a physical freak. That's not luck. I worked at my craft. I've honed my skills. I'm not lucky because like I just said, Charles is lucky to be born when he was. And the fact that athletes are coveted and make lots of money doing TV. If this were 40 years ago, Chuck, you know what you'd be making? Nothing. And I don't know, how would you like it if you were a TV guy? I don't know. Actually, you know what? We'll just, I'm going to, I'm going to use an old player's name because I saw Chris Matthews tweeting about him. You know, how would you feel if Zelmo Beatty, you know, some guy who played in the 60s, right? Some ran like, you're lucky that you were born when you were born because I wanted to do TV and I wanted to make 17 mil a year. You're lucky. I hate the, I, you're lucky. So stupid. And and he said, I'm not mad. Chuck, you sound mad. Right. When you immediately go to the money after saying it's not mad, like right. it kind of sounds well, like They it. better appreciate it. Do you appreciate it? You can be and I'm not going to ask you to appreciate it because Chuck has a skill. Right. He's good on TV. He's funny. He's somewhat prepared. Luck implies that you haven't worked for what you've attained. right? Luck implies that you are not in control of your destination. Yeah. I mean, and if we want to have a whole conversation about nepotism somehow getting you a big leg up to getting where you are now, okay. Jack Collinsworth is lucky that he was born to Chris Collinsworth, right? That's luck. Yes. Diego Von Tobel's very unlucky that he was born to Jonathan Von Tobel yes. because I'm going to work actively against his career every step of the way. So here's Barkley a little more on today and load management. I think it's disrespectful to the game. I think it's disrespectful to the fans. Because like I say, these fans are paying their hard-earned money. You know what's going to be crazy? In this next TV negotiating deal, we're going to have guys making $70, 80000000 million a year. And they're going to be saying, wait a minute. You're going to make $70 million and you can't play basketball three or four days a week with all the stuff. I mean, they fly private. They got the best medical stuff ever created. You can't disrespect the fans making $70, 80000000 million and say, you know what? I can't play basketball four days a week. I think this is so biting the hand that feeds you. You can be critical on the NBA, but you are setting 
such a terrible narrative by being on the side of people who frankly don't like the NBA. And I think there's a lot of reasons well, that they don't like the NBA. I that whole, they're going to be making 70, 80. Who cares, dude? Who cares? If that, if the league brings in that amount of revenue, I mean, that just sounds jealous. So here, here's the thing. First off, you're right. The people that are generally always the sports radio hosts and others who want to talk about this topic of load management are disingenuous because they are people who, act, frankly, just don't watch the league, don't understand what's going on with it, and couldn't really tell you a bench player or even another secondary starter outside of the best players on some of these teams, right? They're doing it because I, whatever their motivations are, it is easy fodder for them. It is low-hanging fruit. That's why they bring about it and talk it up or talk about it because they haven't watched the NBA up until this point, and that's the only thing that they know. The other part is you talk about biting the hand that feeds. He's biting the wrong hand. He brought up one of the things, the medical people. This stems from people on the staff that are in charge of the players' health and well-being looking into the science and saying, we want these guys to rest and be ready for the playoffs, and the best ways to take care of their bodies are to follow these rest patterns, not allow them to play second legs of back-to-backs for certain players because of the injuries that they've had in their past, and that comes from the team. Steph Curry and other players have talked about this, how they are not in charge of whether or not they rest on games. So would you have the off, like the every once in a while, do you have the case of a Kawhi Leonard who wants to have his people make decisions for you? You do. And what happened? Kawhi Leonard got pushed back by the team itself, and now he follows their regimented schedule. He's playing good basketball. He's healthier than he's been in a while. And he's playing some of the best basketball he's been in like a year, right? That I think is overall, Steve, my cry, like my issue in all of this, you can complain about it. And I think there are steps that the NBA can take to fix it. But it's not players like calling up – Steph Curry's not calling up Steve Kerr. Clay Thompson's not calling up Steve Kerr and going, hey, Steve, man, I don't really feel like playing today. Because that's the way it's presented, and that's just not true. Want the skinny on UNLV football? Listen to the weekly UNLV All Access podcast with Cofield and Caleb Herring. A new episode drops each Thursday morning at UNLV All Access on Twitter. Do I want to say that I hope we can improve at that position, hope we can improve at every position on our team? I do. That's definitely what we're going to work towards. Once we identify who's going to be there, there's certainly an expectation that we're going to get good play out of that position. We have to get good play out of that position because if we don't, it's very difficult to win in this league. So that's my job, and that's what we're going to try to focus on. You're listening to Cofield and Company, live from the Battleborn Broadcast Center on ESPN Las Vegas. Josh McDaniels there. We'll probably get some more uh, good quarterback chatter. A lot of words, but not really going to say much. Not to rip on McDaniels. That's the way they operate. Uh, we're going to find out more at the end of the week. Get some more stories on the Raiders around the combine. Von Tobel, Cofield. You know what? I'm going to take a stand here. Yep. Rip on McDaniels. Say something, dude. I know you're listening. Give us some substance. Uh, what are Give they us gonna, something. But here's the thing. What are they going to say? They don't know. I know. <laughs> and, and well, I think what we'd like to know is uh, if you're 100, if are you in at all on Rodgers and Lamar Jackson? If not, then we kind of know what your plan is going to be. I'd also like. You don't have to like, give me the six bridge quarterbacks and who you're going to draft. But I'd also like like a hardcore archetype of a quarterback that you like. Right. You know, give me something with some substance. And they in can't terms answer. Profile. What, I mean, what what happens if if Rodgers is available and the cost is minimal aside from his salary? What happens if Lamar Jackson is available? Mm-hmm. But it's also it kind of changes everything. They're not. I don't think they're going to show their hand when the rest of the league isn't showing its hand, and we don't know what the Ravens and Packers are thinking. Although uh, I saw that 
Brian Gutekunst, the GM of the Packers, seemed to be, seemed to be, well, he didn't seem to be anything. He just said they don't know who the starting quarterback's going to be. So. Well, didn't he also like we say, all we all try to derive some sort of meaning from saying I don't know what's going to happen at quarterback because I haven't talked to Aaron. That's an honest answer. I don't know what's going to happen because I haven't spoken to him. Didn't he also say that he thought Jordan Love was ready to be an NFL starting quarterback? So, mm. there we go. I, honestly, though, run like, with it. In all seriousness, if Josh McDaniels were to come out and be like, "Yeah, we're really interested in Aaron Rodgers," what changes? What changes? Of course, everybody thinks you're interested in Aaron Rodgers. So I get the game. I'm just saying, I don't know if it really changes that much. That's it. They're back. They're back. The season's over. The Chiefs won the Super Bowl. I fully believe Patrick Mahomes told his brother and his wife, girlfriend, I never know their status. They have a child together. Wife. Wife now. That's right. They did get married. Pretty Mahomes. They're back. Right? They're back. back. So 15 minutes of fame. B. Could not be shut down. I fully believe he told both of them, do not go on social media and tweet anything related to me or pick fights with people during the season. I just want to have some clarity and freaking win. It worked. It worked. But she is back. Because apparently Joe Rogan was talking about eh, women kind of in general in celebrity marriages and made some comments about Brittany Mahomes and Patrick, you know, moving forward. And... I do feel like the comment should be like what he actually talked about, what the subject was, should be clarified. Okay, good. Because I do think it adds some context to what she said. Yeah. And I don't think it really makes her look that much better. So he had a couple of comedians on. Right. And they were bringing up Patrick Mahomes. And I think this was one of the comedians. His name was uh, Shane Gillis. I hope I'm pronouncing his last name right. Uh, but he likes Patrick Mahomes. And he brought up on the podcast, he's like, you know what I like, though? I came around on Jackson, his brother, uh, that does the TikToks. His wife, his annoying wife that screams, everyone hates on them. It actually makes me happy. Rogan's joke was, yeah, they keep that, they being women, keep that energy when it comes to divorce as well. So it wasn't like a specific shot at Brittany Mahomes. Right. It was just a general joke about, ha women divorce. We're men. We're talking on this pod. Like, Which, by the way, things. the other thing that will, that often drives me nuts about these clapbacks on social media, mention names. Yeah. Because on Rogan's podcast, they mentioned Jackson Mahomes and Brittany Mahomes. And then she decides to tweet out something about grown men talking s about someone's wife is real weird. And then the follow up was something about grown men. Uh, no, the same one. I thought there was a second one where she she said something similar. That's not. Is that a is that a clapback? Everyone talks about everyone. And her follow up was actually grown ass men hating on women in general. And then turned it into yeah, they hate women. Yeah. Which first of all, put who you're talking about in your tweet. Subtweeting is weak. It just is. And the conversation by Rogan and Gillis, you know, there's a little there's a little question about, hey, what's gonna happen with this marriage down the road? So then earlier today, what does she tweet out? A nice picture of her and Patrick Mahomes. Like you're playing right into it. If you're calling it nonsense and grown men talking about your marriage, why would you tweet something out about it? And again, it's not going to say specifically, but oh, here's a nice picture. She didn't tweet out a picture. Oh, no? No. I think you're looking at her pinned tweet of them being married, which was back from 2022. I think generally your premise is correct. Let's see. Brady Mahomes yeah. posts cozy photo of Patrick Mahomes amid oh, maybe it's an Joe Instagram. Rogan drama. This is 11 hours ago. Oh, no. Maybe it's an Instagram photo. Maybe I'm wrong. I live on Twitter, Steve. I don't go on IG. 
And here's the thing, in a, in a way she is right. We shouldn't really care. And we were just talking about athletes being jealous of other athletes. Are we jealous of Brittany Mahomes? Like, mm, well, I'd did. like to be, I'd like to be married to Patrick Mahomes. They were courtside at the Mavericks. So they were courtside. Okay. Everything's good. Everything's good. There's no divorce coming. Yeah. Everything's good. I mean, look, I, her, specifically her little brother, the little brother seem to be some easily hateable people for the most part. It hasn't really registered with me too yeah. much. Well, he's, he's incredibly immature and some of the right. stuff he's done is, you know, then become a pain in the ass, a distraction it's, for Patrick. I, I don't know. You know what, dude? Here's the thing. We're, we're both in long-time relationships. We're not famous. I just know the way, the way I approach things is I would not want the SO up, like fighting any battles for me, picking fights with listeners. But there are, there are radio wives who do that. I just, what's the point? Mm -hmm. My wife has offered. I was like, no, right? you're, yeah, like, you're good. Don't, don't, you don't, have to do don't, that. don't. What's the point? I already have an embarrassing story with my mom when I was a child fighting a battle for me. I don't need it anymore. I also think she kind of just took the, do the joke out of context, Brittany Mahomes, and really wanted to, like, I don't know, fight back against it, I guess. How do you think do Rogan it? will react? Will he refuse to punch down? I mean, I don't even think he'll probably, will it register with him? I don't like, in terms know of the got... circles that he's in, I don't even know if he'll even address it or talk I about it. I don't know it. if he'll go back to him. Right. I, I don't think so. I mean, like I said, like the actual joke itself, was it really like funny? Like, no, not really. Like I, I saw the joke and I actually listened to the clip and would wrote, you know, it's just a classic, like, you know, men, haha, <laughs> women divorce. Like it's, it's been a joke that's been told a thousand times over, but it wasn't personally directed at her on both ends. It's just like, all right, let's move on. <laughs> Are you okay with your wife? Oh yeah, we're good. I saw you tweet today that you were, you were feeling a little, oh, bit, a little bit shaky. Now the insecurities when it comes to other men is another topic, Steve. This is always a great discussion, but I think this is a complete bit. The uh, the power of cars for men with women. What exactly was this? I I, I still can't tell you. It, it, I all I know is that so in the era of Andrew Tate, right, our, our Lord and Savior, um, now it's like released upon the society like a bunch of these dudes. It's like you know grind culture, whatever it is. There's a lot of men who seriously think that if you don't have a Lambo by this time, then you failed in life. And there's guys who actually take this very seriously. And so one of these influencers pops up on TikTok and now Twitter with this clip. And I got to tell you, like, I think it's in jest, but there are guys who actually think like this. Let's take you, for example, and me. And we both pull up and we go to your girl. Odds are I'm going to take that. If you compared me to you, you're not going to win that battle. So the next time you think that your girl's on lock, I got the keys to the castle. That is, it's funny. Again, I will reference punching down. Um, God, I, th I forget who I was talking to the other day about cars and guys and women. I think I'm just at a different age where, you know, the women I'm around are not, they're, they're way too smart now for this nonsense. But maybe it does work. And the, the great thing is the guy who's doing this and the way oh. he looks. Like if, if it can't, like, look, I'm not a fighter. We'll right. just put it this way. If right. it came to a physical confrontation between me and him, I'd be a heavy favorite. Well, that like, wasn't even that wasn't even it. I was just basing it on his looks. He's a goofy looking guy. I'm like, bro, I don't think the car, whatever Lambo or Ferrari you're driving, is gonna is gonna put any finishing touches on you stealing someone's girl away. So that's why I think like there's two. There's really some key moments in this video, and I'll, I retweeted it. It's up on my Twitter account at MeJVT, so you can go and see it. There's there's some instances where I, I have to think this is a parody. 
The first of which is he flashes himself getting out of a Lambo or, or a, whatever the other car is. And his legs are so skinny and he's wearing like these cargo shorts. He looks like he weighs maybe like a buck 10. I think you're saying this guy wet. is threatening. And right. So that's the other thing. And at the well, end you, of it, you really were shaking at the end of it too. If we could play this one more time, cause I know it's short. The very end of the clip after his last mother effer, the giggle at the end of this clip, like it's got to be parody. Let's take you for example and me, and we both pull up and we go to your girl. Odds are I'm going to take that. If you compared me to you, you're not going to win that battle. So the next time you think that your girl's on lock, I got the keys to the castle. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's an absolute troll. It's a great it's fit. Be. And, and you know, there are guys reacting to it like we just did criticizing his appearance it's probably not even as a car it's just a bit but but, but the thing is but this is where we're at with society and social media yeah. that we have to talk about it yeah. like is it a bit or not the likelihood of this one being a bit yes, yes. but are there guys who have made videos like this that are 100 percent being serious yes it's crazy and i'm i'm going to take the bait more with Brittany mahomes on that whole the grown ass men talking about other people's relationships. Are you freaking kidding me? Is that a gender specific deal with men doing that? Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve Cofield and at me, JVT, or tweet the show at Cofield and Co. Cofield and Company presents Grab Bag, only on ESPN Las Vegas. Right back here, closing out Cofield and Company. Thanks to Battleborn Injury Alerts for housing the show. You can call from anywhere in the state of Nevada, but here in uh, Vegas and Henderson, offices in both cities, 766-1400 is the number to talk to Justin or Matt or the rest of the folks at Battleborn. Uh, grab bag. Stick your hand in there, Dave. So I mentioned that report earlier uh, in this hour from the UK Sun that was suggesting that Tom Brady was not going to announce for Fox for a year, that 10 year 375 deal. Cause he was trying to get together back together with his wife. I feel like there's been a video presence and I forgot to tag the video on this, but there's been more of a video presence of Giselle out and about. Hmm. It's pretty interesting. I'll just say without being a complete pig. Um, I haven't really looked her up or had a lot of exposure to her. She is a very attractive woman. You mean the, the, I think it's former, right? You mean the former Victoria's Secret like model is super, attractive? She's a supermodel still working. Yeah, well, she was doing some um, some some dancing. Oh. Yeah. Was it good dancing? Uh, or did you just not care? To Brazilian music? Yeah, yeah. I, was, I was like, whoa, okay. That is impressive I mean, stuff. So, Steve, I know that you've been off the market for a while and you're an older guy. So I would, you know, being, I would be out of that market if I were on the market. Well, what I was just going to say is yeah. in today's day and age, yes. right, when you go, when you're single, what you're supposed to do is, especially after a long relationship, uh, you need to post pictures and videos showing that person, because you know they're looking, that you're doing all right. So that's what you do. Okay. So you want to write down that conspiratorial. This is what you're talking about? Um, she got a six uh, pack. That's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, that's that's. I think that's the outfit she was wearing in one of the videos where she was dancing. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. She can really move. And she is in great shape for- she can move it, move it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I didn't mean it that way. What is? She, and what is she, like 43? I thought she was old. I thought she was like 50. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Back in the back. Stick your hand in there, Dave. So last couple of days in the Mountain West Conference got pretty crazy, John. Uh, Boise fell to San Jose State. Um, Reno lost last night to Wyoming. So I don't think one of the bottom teams is going to make a run all the way through the tournament, but I will guarantee you that 
one through eight, whoever's in that, and the seeds might not hold, but who's ever in those quarterfinals, those four games on Wednesday, someone is one of the higher seeds will be upset. If you're not named San Diego State, you're in danger of losing a game in the Mount West Conference. I think that's really safe to say. Tomorrow, we will be on the road at the Thomas Mac getting ready for Utah State. This could be a real spoiler game for UNLV. Utah State cannot lose this game if they went on that large bid. So good stuff. Lots of cool specials, uh, $2 beers. UNLV tomorrow night, Thomas Mac against Utah State.